0: Yanata Blue here once again with
1: Queebee co founder Michael Darling.
0: And this week we are rejoined by Blast from the Past season one guest host extraordinaire
2: Seth Hansen.
1: Seth, as we mentioned before, <laughs> is the co host of a wonderful podcast called 40s on 40s, the premise of which they listen to top 40 music while drinking 40s. That's right.
0: Which I just, which before we started recording, I not so subtly invited myself on to because the idea of getting drunk and talking about anything sounds great to me.
1: <laughs> well, that's the only reason you have podcasts. Yeah, basically.
0: But yeah, but today I'm a half a bottle of wine already deep and I'm ready to talk about some Pokemon. Hell
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Seth, uh, folks might remember you if they've been with us since, uh, season one, but, um, Tell new listeners who might have joined us along the way a little bit about
2: yourself. Sure, so I am a uh, primarily a musician living in Los Angeles. Um, I play violin. I also play drums. I play a slew of other instruments poorly, but those are the two that I play not poorly. Um, I am the frontman for a band called Kid Carrion. We do punk music. We call it slacker punk because there's a violin in it, so it just kind of makes everything a little bit sunnier. Um... And then I also am one of the co-hosts for 40s on 40s, which is where we listen to Top 40s and Drink 40s. And then I also do writing. I also do editing, uh, various other creative outlets. So that's pretty much me.
0: Yeah, I do want to point out that uh, Kid Carrion's music is available on Spotify, because I know that's kind of the ubiquitous uh, music platform that everybody in the world but Michael Darling uses.
1: <laughs> I use Spotify on occasion. I put my year-end occasion. playlist on Spotify, thank you very much.
2: Listen, I get it, you know, it's it's intimidating. I actually, so, fun fact, I still, uh, I still keep a lot of uh, physical copies of CDs, just because I like to collect them, and I like to look at them. Um, nice. I like...
1: And because the man can't take that down without That's
2: warning That's right. Um, also, because I'm obsessed with just backing everything up in general. Um, mm. But, mm. so yeah, I was one of the last people to go on to Spotify as well. So I uh, understand your your viewpoint, Sir Darling.
0: You know, I will say this <laughs> to, to vindicate you all, that I remember when Spotify first launched, it was trying very much to be iTunes but with streaming capability. Right. Where like it was very much trying to get you to import your iTunes library into itself, and like basically would allow you to use those say MP3s that we got through the LimeWire. Right. Uh, if you had it on your computer, you were able to play it through Spotify. And then I really? noticed that that functionality, that. yeah, that huh. functionality definitely diminished because I was big on like you know rappers and DJs that released their music on YouTube, say. Right. And if I liked a song that I found on YouTube, I would just download it as an MP3 mm-hmm. and then yeah. I would pl- be able to play it through Spotify. Not so anymore. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, that's just a shout out on my part to Chad Petrie and his amazing song, Build a Weapon. <laughs> I'll include a uh, link to the YouTube page in the show notes. Because um, that's the one that comes to mind that I definitely miss for my workout playlist oh, these days.
1: That's fair. Um, this is why I still own an iPod.
0: But yeah, I, uh, I mean, hey, I want to I want to show you something that I have right here by the side of my computer. I've got my little iPod, too, nice. that hey. I never use, but I still have it I, <laughs> in case of an emergency. I have a yeah.
2: I have my still my second generation iPod at my parents place, uh, and it is sitting there ever faithful, ever waiting to be recharged someday. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Uh, yeah, my mom is still using one of my old iPods, apparently. She told me recently, because I, as a gift, I think I got her a Spotify subscription as a gift a while ago, and I think she's still using an iPod for music. Damn. Um, but you know what else my mom is doing? What's that? I think I know. Uh, recording descriptions of Pokemon and giving them names so Yay! we can play a game of Mon
1: Mom
0: so folks it's been a couple episodes i apologize again for being off schedule when we had our previous guest on two episodes ago and now uh, last episode because it was just darling and i but my mother is back with a description of one of this week's pokemon um and she's going to give it a name and our two hosts are going to compete to see which one they can uh, they can figure out that she's talking about so this week we're going through pineco uh Fretris? Is that is that where you guys are putting fortress,
1: the Fort like fortress but you know different fortus. Yeah, plus. I've
2: said I've said for it, tres as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, so we're just all going to confuse each other <laughs> with how we're referring to that pokemon this episode. Hey, that's the fun of yeah. it. Um and then again, let me check the emphasis on this one, uh Dunsparce.
2: <laughs> yeah, Dunsparce. Uh, I've always I've always said Dunsparce, Sparse, but that's cuz I'm a pleb, so I get it.
0: Uh, and then I think Gil- it's Dunsparce. And, and then of course, uh Gilgar. And Gligar. St- Steelix. Yep. And, uh, and Snibble. <laughs> and Granbull. Ah, oh, sir, Snibble.
1: Snibble. Snibble.
0: <laughs> oh, man, this is what happens when I have the half bottle of wine before we start. I'm excited. Um, but um, but as always, because Michael Darling is adorably simpatico with my mother and her descriptions, oh. he is going to guess first. Okay. And then we will have Seth follow, so he can play defensively and copy Michael's uh, intuition or try to branch out and play aggressively. Um, Gentlemen, are you ready? I think so. All right. Here we go.
1: This Pokemon looks like an upset mushroom. I will name it Suri.
0: Okay, so this Pokemon looks like an upset mushroom. Amazing. And she's going to name it Suri. Which celebrity couple named their child Suri?
1: Oh, that was Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes.
0: I was about to say, I had a feeling that it was Tom Cruise, but I couldn't remember which uh, spouse he uh, named Suri with.
1: I don't think that he and Nicole had kids, but I could be wrong.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't follow celebrity gossip to that extent so i wouldn't have been surprised if they'd had kids but the main thing i remember from nicole kidman and tom cruise being married is that infamous picture of nicole kidman celebrating her divorce from tom yes (laughs) yes
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) which is simultaneously one of those incredibly like of that era photos because of how she's dressed but then also just you've gotta love the energy yeah, it's classic all right but darling where is your energy leading you in terms of my mom's description of an angry mushroom or an uh, upset mushroom
1: an upset mushroom oh well i was originally leaning towards fortress but i'm actually gonna think snubble on this one i think snubble looks the most upset of these pokies that could also potentially have mushroomy elements so i'm gonna go with Snubble looks kind of like the mushrooms from the uh, sequence in Fantasia where they're dancing from the Nutcracker. Huh.
0: Um, so Seth Michael has guessed Snubble, uh, pronouncing it incorrectly, of course. But <laughs> I can right. translate for him and his accent. <laughs> you know, I mean, you gotta you gotta maintain the accent. Um, That's what I'm here for.
2: <laughs> you know, it's there's actually a few options for an upset mushroom in this case because there's there's two pokemon this episode that are round shaped which is what i would of course assume uh but mushrooms do also have a stem which is why i think michael darling's guess is actually not super out of bounds um i would still i would still lean toward either Pineco or or foretress And um, I would say between the two of them, uh, Fortress looks a lot less angry than Pineco does because Pineco has got like the aggressive eyebrows, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So (laughs) uh, just based on that, I'm going to go Pineco on this one.
0: Okay. I am pleased to tell you that, Michael Darling, you are still my mother's favorite (laughs) co-host You take the point this week. It was really, Snub- uh, <laughs> wow, yeah. but it looks so um, much
2: like a dog. I was, I was surprised at that.
0: I actually had a conversation with my mom because I sent her. So, what I'll do typically is I'll send her maybe pictures of like two or three of the Pokemon that I think she can get a good description mm-hmm. of. And she responded to Snubble with, Oh, I like the angry mushroom.
2: <laughs> That's amazing.
0: And I said, and I told her straight up, like, I had a phone conversation with her, and I said, straight up, I i am astonished that you go with mushroom and not the fact that it looks like a bulldog right. and she said oh well my eyes went to like the spots okay. and the yeah. arms the more mushroomy features and then she kind of notices that there's a little bit more of like a, a dog-like face to it mm-hmm. but she actually connected it more to uh, the goombas oh, and yeah. um super That's mario
1: real goomba thing going on because they've got those spiky
0: tapes too Yeah, Goombas are just bulldogs without the ears, (laughs) is what I realized in this design. Also without literally anything
2: (laughs) except for their heads. (laughs) And
0: like two little very well loafered feet. Super well loafered. (laughs) Bulldogs have those. They're just wearing penny loafers yeah. <laughs> as they like stroll down the road, <laughs> listen, and Mario is just profiling them, jumping on them for looking too. Listen, angry. it's a grassroots revelation.
2: It's a grassroots revolution, and Bowser doesn't really have a lot of like money to supply them with anything but penny loafers. So you gotta do what you can.
1: Oh yeah, as past guest host Kev Kozier put it perfectly, Mario's a scab. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean. We're kind of dealing with a minority report situation where it's like, okay, these goombas are just exercising their right to be out in public and take a walk, and Mario's <laughs> assaulting them and murdering them. I'm- and yes, he knows that they would kill him if they touched him, but he's killing them without them touching him. Right. So who's in and the in wrong?
2: One of the one of the many of uh, several you know <laughs> wrongs against the denizens of the Mushroom Kingdom by Mario.
0: <laughs> all, right, yeah. so, all right so all right something that is of the of not of the mushroom kingdom pineco right. uh or Pineco, if you want to change the emphasis oh good lord i'm gonna this is the thing for the episode i'm sorry michael go for it tell I us about it. Pineco.
1: uh Pinocchio <laughs> here is a bug type uh it's a bug type which i mean looking at that obviously that's a bug right guys totally looks yeah, like a bug
2: totally doesn't
1: look like anything but right. a bug
0: Listen, man, I would be... I would be angry if they had named this a rock type, but <laughs> the fact that they went so far afield and named it a bug type, Ugh. I'm just... I'm just so exhausted. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs>
2: oh, God. Yeah,
1: so... Clearly, that's a pinecone. Its name is literally pinecone, but without the N and E. Right. Uh, which could also mean that it could be picone, if you want to go that right. way. Um yeah. yeah, apparently it's supposed to be based on the bagworm, a uh, type of moth that grows a bag cocoon when the men- when they metamorphosize from a caterpillar. Uh, we're going to get a more obvious bagworm Pokemon with Burmy in Gen 4, mm-hmm. but instead right now we get this thing which is not a bug. You can't fool okay. me.
0: So I had a moment where I was trying to reason this might have been just like uh you know cultural geographical thing where maybe like the designers in Japan aren't familiar with pine trees maybe think that pine cones are possibly like not what they actually are which are seedlings of pine trees nope turns out pine trees are 100% indigenous to Japan there are ver- there are Japanese pine wow. trees they're called Japanese umbrella pine trees i just looked this up um so there is no way they think that pine cones are bugs. That's So funny. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea where you this know, came
2: from. I would from. almost I would almost be more okay with it if it was a bug and rock type, because then you could be like, well, maybe mm. it's like a hardened bug like a metapod, like it's kinda got like a shell going. Like you could kind of make that. Yeah, argument. and then it's
0: kind of like a bridge between pseudo wudo and bug types. I that right. I like. So so part of me kinda wonders if this wasn't from like I'm having this scene in my head where like the game freak designers are like drunk and they're trying to power through designing another hundred Pokemon for this generation. <laughs> and they just have this weird existential conversation where they're like, listen, man, these plants, <laughs> they can't be moving and be plants. What is a plant? <laughs> t- what is a grass type Pokemon anyway? Like, listen, man, it's a bug. Plants
2: don't, it's not. It's don't move, man. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. You know that. I know that. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'd like to throw out some stats okay. here. So, we all know the average size of a pine cone. Like, there can be pretty big pine cones. Hmm. Bagworms, usually about five inches long. Pinecone here is two feet. Damn. That is the listed height, two feet. That's a two-foot pine cone bug weighing 15 pounds. Okay. And this is crazy to me because we've seen cases of restraint here where, like, we have a crocodile Pokemon that is not as big as actual crocodiles can get mm-hmm. but here they're just like fuck it man <laughs> let's make that pine cone bagworm two feet of terror at...
0: yeah man that's been the running joke for this season of episodes which is that like every single time every single literally every episode of gen 2 there has been at least one pokemon that i can point to the real world counterpart and the pokemon company for some reason showing restraint right like Five-foot crocodile. G- their giraffe in this world is less than five feet tall when real giraffes are over 20 feet right. tall. There's no reason for that restraint. And yet we come to a fucking pine cone <laughs> that is that is the size of a goddamn like jumbo-sized rugby Damn. ball.
1: Well, they had been edging up until this point, and this has finally been laying loose. I
2: kind of also feel like 15 pounds for a bug that is two feet tall is, like, not that heavy. Like, I kind of would have expected it to be heavier if it was, like, two a two-foot diameter pine cone, you know?
1: <laughs> the other thing about this, just getting to the height and weight here, uh, they're known for falling out of trees, so when you have a 15-pound pine cone <laughs> drop on your head, I can imagine that you've probably been killed. Damn.
0: Yeah, and I want to put this into scale for you guys. I just immediately did some quick Google research, as I am wont okay. to do. Um, so we're talking about how much did you say that this pinecone bug weighs, Michael and 15 Seth? 15 pounds. All right. The largest and heaviest insect in our Ugh. world weighs 2.5 ounces.
2: <laughs> Damn. What And what insect is that, if you don't mind me?
0: That is called the giant weta. Okay. Or WIDA, maybe? Um, I'm trying to figure out. It looks a lot like just a goddamn obese cricket. Oh. Like, it is not. And this thing is, like, sitting on somebody's palm and just filling it up sounds the palm. Disgusting. Um disgusting. I'm sure there's are spiders and things that are bigger. Um, but, I mean, just going through bugs. Like, yeah. I mean, think about, like, how big cockroaches right. get. Think about that. And, like, yeah. this thing is 2.5 ounces. Right. That is... Let me say, uh, doing the math real quick. Um, what's eight times fifteen? That's one one. That's one one hundred twentieth. Damn. That is less than a percent of what this pine cone <laughs> bug Damn, weighs. Damn. That is yeah.
2: disgusting.
0: Yes, bugs. You know, it, yeah. welcome. Welcome it to the It kind of reminds
2: me of. Uh, it kind of reminds me of durians falling on people's heads in Japan and killing them. Oh uh, yeah. Because that is actually a thing that happens in Japan um and uh it's kind of i don't know durians are a very odd fruit i've never understood them a lot of people actually really do like them like legitimately there's like durian ice cream there's durian juice um and i've just never
1: but they're they're incredibly bitter are they so
2: not? He- so here's the was? thing do you, are you all familiar with the durian by the way have we talked about this yet
0: Entirely only because of the Legend of Zelda. Oh my god, I'm
2: so excited! Okay, let me just Uh, lay some durian (laughs) knowledge on y'all real quick because this is very important. Um, Because I, if you know me, I will probably talk about a durian at least at one point. Um, So here's the deal: (laughs) durians uh, are—they're like I would say about twice the size of your average pineapple, so they're pretty big. Um, They're—they're very spiky. They weigh a lot. They weigh about—they're about as big as a watermelon, like a medium. Small watermelon, huh. and they grow in trees.
1: So still smaller than a pie yeah, Yes,
2: <laughs> and they do fall out of trees, and they do injure people. Um, but the thing is, is that their defense uh, against predators is that it smells like the worst thing you've ever smelled in your entire life. Um, it smells like trash and like skunk combined. Like that's what happens when you cut into it. Before you cut into it, it doesn't smell that bad. But when you cut into it, it's just like awful. Um, But the fruit actually tastes okay. It doesn't taste amazing, but it tastes okay. But Hmm. the smell is so atrocious that most things don't want to eat it. So that's uh, that's the story. (laughs) So,
0: but in the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, you absolutely want to eat durians because guess what? They give you bonus hearts when you mix them. Because it's so tough
2: and full of fiber.
0: Maybe. <laughs> I um, That reminds me, I've referenced this show before here on podcast episodes, but I recently picked up and continued following uh, Food oh, Wars, nice. which is an anime series that I've followed on and off for a while. And it's just amazing because it's just like a satire of so many like anime tropes. Yes, it's great. But instead of being about like universe ending battles and fights, it's about kids cooking in a culinary school and having like literal food yeah. battles. it's amazing. Um, and one of the episodes is about using bear meat and they, this reminded me actually of when you told us about what uh llama meat is yes. like, um, because they have like a whole episode where they're preparing for this competition using bear meat and they have to contend with the odor of mm-hmm. bear meat, it's texture huh. and the fact that, yeah, the bear meat has a flavor, but there's this odor to the meat that just after you just get the barest front end taste what? of the meat, this odor just overpowers you and chefs huh. have to contend with I'm sorry,
2: that. did you say the yeah, barest was... front end?
0: Oh. Uh, yes, sorry. That's, <laughs> I, that's what I should have said. Thank you. No, Seth. that is what you said. That's why I was asking. <laughs> I've heard
1: bear is very gamey.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it is very gamey, but I mean, there's lots of gamey meat that you kind of use that uh, as a textural thing. Like gamey refers to a texture. Mm-hmm. Bear is not just gamey, but it has this very powerful like repulsive odor damn um which hey, I've that's never what had happens when your before.
1: diet consists mostly of picnic baskets
0: <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's what we do you know. but uh but tell us more about this pine cone bug
1: oh i was just gonna say i'm looking at our schedule and i think we're going to be getting to bear meat in either the next <laughs> or afterward Bad. or episode fantastic after next. so well,
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna make the exact same <laughs> reference hopefully oh, yeah. Hopefully I can hunt down some bear meat between now and then, despite lockdown. But see what we can do.
1: I don't know. I don't think the Tyson bear plants have been affected, so.
0: <laughs> I wonder if they do,
2: like, you know, carry out...
0: I have to imagine that they probably have some kind of, like, oh, hey, you can take home these, like, leftover, like, Snicklefritz meats, like, that we don't actually want to put in the package. Yeah. <laughs> like, these ba- these bears didn't get enough of the hormone, so you can take this bear. Here's, like, some, this is the here's like some spare
1: bear. bear, you know. Spare bear. Is it a... Hey, if I'm eating bear, I'm only eating organic bear, thank you very Would... much. Which... Free range. <laughs> Fed only on a diet of hypers. maybe
2: they've got like spare ribs and they call them like Care Bear spares or like
1: oh. maybe you've got <laughs> I don't know. God damn it.
0: So, so while yeah. we're talking about cooking bear meat, let's uh let's do a little bit of like a preamble for mon Appetit, <clears throat> which uh, is uh are roasted pine cones a thing? Like, is that an edible thing? I feel like I've heard of huh. roasted pine cones.
1: I've or heard I of just... it but as just a thing that smells nice. Yeah, I
2: think, you, I think you would probably burn it to get, like, the smell because of, I think because pine trees, I want to say they have a pretty particular smell, and I have a feeling that you could mm. burn them and, like, get a certain smell off of that. I don't know if you would eat them, though
0: yeah no i think you're absolutely right it is it's so baking pine cones is a thing but you do that to preserve them as like decorations Mm -hmm. and for odor for like in potpourri arrangements apparently makes sense um martha stewart martha stewart eat your heart out the mon men have come for you (laughs) um Uh,
1: apparently you can eat the seeds sometimes i don't uh, know yeah i'm looking for a a reliable answer there's lots of It's funny when you you search for something like can I eat a pinecone and you just find all of these results from survivalist websites. Hmm. Moving on. Uh, Speaking of pinecones though, this fucking pinecone here learns the move Explosion Mm -hmm. because it's also based on grenades. (laughs) This is a grenade bug pinecone.
0: I want to say that We've encountered this before, and we've already gotten, like, the kind of, like, hand-wavy type of magical explanation about Ponyta mm-hmm. being able to control what its flames burn. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're not a forest fire hazard. But even aside from Ponyta and that little bit of magical non-realism, there are so many Pokemon in this world that are forest fire oh, hazards. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, are forest fires just a daily occurrence in this For world? Sure. Yeah, no.
2: I kind I kind of huh. wonder if explosion is more like a skill that a trainer would teach it and not like a skiller would actually use in the wild. Um, <laughs> I I feel ah. like if every pineco exploded when it was threatened, I don't think there'd be a lot of pineco's left to like you know make the po- ma- maintain the population curve. So I feel like explosion would probably only be something that like a trainer would try to teach it. Um, even so, if you're fighting and you're trying to, you know. If you if you're, you're fighting one of the little like bug trainers out in the woods and you use explosion like it's all over. So yeah.
0: I mean that's just like I feel like using explosion with your pokemon is just kind of like the pokemon trainer's way of like rage quitting <laughs> a match on Xbox Live. Oh, it is. Like yeah. it's a cop Fuck you! I'm using explosion, and now we both Yeah, lose. I mean, I I will
2: uh, I'll go into more when we when we talk about Pineco's evolution. But there is actually a strategic use to using explosion in uh player on player battles. So,
0: I was just about to say, I was just about to ask, if let's say it's down to the wire in a Pokemon right. battle, and explosion kills both Pokemon on both sides, who technically dies first? Oh.
2: So, from what I understand. Um, it's actually a draw, but, um, I would say I haven't played any, a lot of the newer ones. And I would say that I would, uh, lean on the side of the one that used explosion because it would make it faint before it faints. Like when you, when you look at like the dialogue box and a, and a Mm -hmm. Pokemon uses explosion, if it takes down the other Pokemon, it'll say, Oh, like your enemy Pokemon fainted. And so like that would technically go down first.
0: Because it'll you have hmm. that Pokemon use Explosion assess the effect of having used yes. Explosion on itself, and then it will inflict the damage on the other Pokemon, exactly. and then they might pass out. Or right. not. it's yeah, basically like extreme yeah, recoil, recoil is
2: kind of a way to think about it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. the thing that explodes would be the thing that falls first, I would think, because you know it exploded. It would be I mean, weird if the other thing fainted before the exploder <that's true>. fainted.
0: <laughs> um. I mean, I have to I have to wonder if that might not be a more interesting balance thing if they switched it and that the explosion first hits the affected party, like the attacked Pokemon first, and then it's kind of like a recoil that right. then, you know, it's kind of like Rocky and C- Apollo Creed and Rocky 2 fighting to beat the count, right. and Rocky beats it by just like two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so Rocky kind of uses explosion against Apollo right. Creed. <laughs> from, what, from what I remember,
2: from what I he- I've heard from like, You know, rules of of trainer battles, like competitive play, I'm pretty sure you can't use Explode on your last Pokemon. Like, I think that's just, like, a general rule. Um, So, if you were to be in that situation, I think that using Explosion would probably mean that you lose. Um, Because, now that I'm remembering it, I do... Remember hearing about a lot of, like, no explosion on your last Pokemon rules. So I think Hmm. it's, like, a situation where if you have, like, one Pokemon that's being really troublesome, then you would, like, bring out Pineco, explode on the enemy, and then, like, that would take it out. So you wouldn't have to worry about it anymore kind of thing.
1: Hmm. I'm looking right now on Bulbapedia, and apparently from Gen 6 onward, explosion returns to damage, well, because this was how it was before, but explosion damages the target before the user faints. Right, okay,
2: that's what I
0: thought. Huh. So there goes, there's a, yeah. So we've got a very weird little pine cone. I mean, I'm just picturing, because I was on a, so I was on a walk with Cordy yesterday and we've taken this route multiple times through downtown, but apparently a magpie took up residence in a tree along our route. Uh um, And it just repeatedly dive bombed the both of us for like half a block. Um, And I was just thinking about like, now that I'm thinking about these aggressive, Bug pine cones that can drop from trees and explode on you. Like I just had this horrifying image of like me and my poor little level one hound hour um, <laughs> walking through a forest and a bunch of pine cones just dropping out of the tree and exploding on her. It's, terrifying. it's a terrifying
2: prospect.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, what's funny about that is that the only way you could get a pine cone in gold, silver, and crystal is by headbutting trees uh, which I think is a hilarious mechanic Headbutt was a move that you could learn normally. You could learn it as a TM, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't an HM, so you didn't need it for the story. So you could just miss this Pokemon entirely.
2: Wow.
0: Yeah. Um, I which seems weird to me. Like I feel like they might have. I feel like they made the wiser decision not making too many Pokemon, quote unquote, event Pokemon. Like Sudowoodo definitely fits. We talked about Sudowoodo. I love the idea of him, even if like. I don't agree with the logistics of a four and a half foot tall tree <laughs> blocking a path. Right. Um, but let's. I, th- I think. I think this is a good. Darling, do you have any closing thoughts on Pineco? I'm ready. to, I think we can move on to what I think is a reject design that okay. they just repurposed.
1: Uh, two very brief things. One, in Alola, they eat the adorable little bug cutie fly. I love any information about what Pokemon eat. What Pokemon? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's got a bronze shiny that's pretty dope it's a good looking shiny
0: i mean one thing i will say as we get deeper and deeper into these uh things i'm starting to notice more and more the pokemon that whose dietary and predatory habits we don't know um which makes me a lot more suspicious Mm. i mean at least gengar we know he's eating you right what about these (laughs) other pokemon what are they Mm. eating um that's what i'm suspicious of Mm. um But let's get to Fortress or AKA Shelders rejected evolution designs.
1: Before we get to that, I found, I was looking this up as soon as we were debating how to pronounce it. I found a clip from the anime of Fortress saying its name. This is after Brock's Pineco evolved. The way, no, you should listen to the clip just because the way it says its name is just Fortress.
0: Which is kinda how Pokemon like I kind of always expect like Pikachu doesn't say Pikachu, he says Pikachu. Right. Like even Pokemon are doing the emphasis thing that I'm doing. It's so. all about Yeah, the... I
1: mean for me it's not the emphasis or emphasis rather. God damn it. <laughs> uh it's just the the dumb kind of way that it goes fortress.
0: Yeah. That being said though, it is I mean you can call it you can call it dumb all you want, but I'm doing it intentionally. You're doing it because of it. It is about all the right. correct emphasis <laughs> on. on
2: the right syllable, though. I mean hey. you gotta you gotta
0: leave it at that.
1: Hang see out. Seth's,
0: see Seth's keeping yeah. up. So foretris is
1: fortress. Oh actually, uh... Hang Hang just uh... Uh, so what happened there, listeners, was that there was a technical snafu that caused my recording to stop and also Baloo's well, going to dub in the audio of Brock's Fortress saying its name exactly in that way.
0: All right, so Seth, how are you feeling about Fortress then?
2: <laughs> well, you know, I got to say that um, at the end of the day, I feel like Fortress is one of those Pokemon that I always just kind of underestimated. I always sort of like overlooked it, like whenever it came up in battles. Um, it also kind of looks like a clam, which kind of tripped me out. It looks like it could have been, like, a different relation to Cloyster. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. yeah, I wasn't just being arbitrary with that whole it looks like a rejected evolution for shelter. Like, yeah. that was very honest. Yeah. There's nothing about this that looks like it's related to a pine cone.
2: Yeah. Um, it even has the, um, like, the fact that it's pink on the inside, the fact that it has this little tube sticking out. Like, it definitely looks like a clam. Like, we're not going to beat around the yeah. bush. Or it looks a like a clam.
1: It looks like a, an undersea mine.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, Yeah, nothing about this looks like it should be bug steel. Well, the
1: steel part, yeah, but the bug. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just about steel, this is our first canonical steel type. Because Magnemite and Magneton were retconned into part steel, so this is our first original steel mon. So, yay, milestone here.
2: Hooray! Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah.
2: I will say, too, as far as Fortress, um, it's a Pokemon that... um, In Generation 2, Spikes were a big thing in competitive play, Mm. and so Fortress was actually a pretty popular Pokemon because it, like, Spikes was, like, its primo move that it would always use. Um, So what you would do is you would put out Fortress, you'd set Spikes, you'd throw out Toxic, and then you would, like, Baton Pass to a different Pokemon, so, like, when the other one had, like, a bunch of status ailments on it, like, your other one would just come in and beat it up. Um, But it does have a four times weakness to fire, which was a risky move if you're opponent happens to know any fire move he'll just get knocked out the park like mm. one hit so
0: yeah so it's a rather silly pokemon especially where my proclivities are concerned because i love fire pokemon i know me, <laughs> too. me too
1: so basically for you as soon as a fortress comes out you would just be like oh i'm gonna burn this thing before it can do anything else
0: right yeah but- i mean i'm just having like the religious zealots response which is burn it with fire (laughs) Um, and not even because i necessarily know that it's quadruple weak to fire it's more just i hate this thing
2: right i mean the thing about fortress is that because it's steel and bug it was actually pretty strong against um it was strong against Rhydon, who would try to use um i want to say it was fairly strong against opponents that had like earthquake and stuff although i'm pretty sure isn't steel weak to earth or to ground or am i making yeah steel's up? weak to ground okay for some reason i feel like uh i feel like it was used as a right on counter but now i'm not sure if that's true because i realized that earthquake could probably mess it up its defense is really good though it's just very slow so that's kind of its
0: thing
1: i don't really have much to say about this guy um uh... It's Yeah, not I mean, very that memorable. tends to
0: happen with these. That yeah. tends to happen with these Pokemon that look like they're kind of like, oh, hey, we need another Pokemon. Like, do we have any reject <laughs> designs from, mm-hmm. like, Gen 1 that we can kind of repurpose? Yeah, let's just paint the inside of this shell red.
2: Right, someone was sitting <laughs> there being like, okay, we don't really have enough bug-type Pokemon. What do we do? Um, Pinecones are bugs. Great, slap it in there.
1: <laughs> I like so, this as a skill type, but, yeah, there's not much anything interesting about it to me. Wrong right, shiny yeah. as well. Like, it's pretty bald form.
0: Yeah. So, so today we so we have talked about two Pokemon that are somehow classified as bug types mm-hmm. that in no way seem like they should be bug types. Tell us about Dunsparce. What type is Dunsparce? It must be a bug, right, Michael oh, Darling? Dunsparce. No, it's normal. Obviously. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Dunsparce, what are they doing in Gen Two?
1: <laughs> Dunsparce is the paste-eating weird kid from your elementary school. <laughs> You've mostly forgotten about him, but every so often, you may be reminded about him, and then you're like, oh, he was weird. I mean, Dunsparce
0: Dunsparce is absolutely that kid in middle school who every year around January would catch the flu and be out of school for like three to four solid weeks. Right. And
2: then you kind of forget that they were in your class, and then they show back up, and you're like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah. Um, Every
0: year, every year, you would be a little bit worried that he wouldn't come back at all. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, I feel like Glacear
2: is one of those Pokemon where you like, like, you know, it's it's fairly hard to catch in the game. So I feel like when you find it, you're like, oh my god, this is something I've never seen before. This is so cool. And then you catch it, and you're like, now what do I do with it? Nothing. Look at it. it
0: Yeah. I mean, less than useless. I love
1: how insane this thing is. Like. Yeah. It's kind of a snake, but it has a tail that burrows into the ground. And then the face, or rather the neck, ends in two points that aren't fangs or anything. They're just, like, points dangling off of the chin. And then right. there's dumb little wings, and finally, like, the eyes that are always closed. So it can't see shit, because it oh. lives almost entirely in the dark.
0: Right. Oh, my interpretation is so far away from that. My interpretation <laughs> is that this is the result of somebody punching a metapod hard enough oh. and this is what spilled out before a Butterfree could possibly be made. Ooh. Oh
2: no, that's totally on point, dude, because like its little mouth <laughs> has like the fangs and everything.
1: I right, oh it has God. the start of wings. I'm going to disagree just in one small way and say that this is a Kakuna's innards before it became a Beedrill.
0: Okay, even mm. be- I'll, I'll allow that, but point being, it was like, it's a half-formed aberration.
2: Damn. You know, you could even say that it's almost like a Venonat that's halfway through becoming a Venomoth, and then it's like, nah, fuck it, and then it just like goes the other way.
0: I mean, so, hang on, so I'm reading Michael Darling's notes right here, and he says that the, tell us, describe the shiny for this Pokemon for us, darling. <laughs>
1: uh well what i wrote was that it changes all its blue parts to red
0: um so if that sounds underwhelming to any of you that know this pokemon i want to let you know yes prepare to be underwhelmed (laughs) because that is literally all they did
2: oh boy yeah
0: it is exactly the same shade of yellow it is exactly the same features everything else is just they just did a palette swap on the blue colors yeah so they knew this one wasn't
1: worth your time like This is the thing that's absurd to me about this one monster. Like, I've been wanting to get to Dunsparce for a while because it's just insane. It makes no sense as a living creature. It shouldn't be alive. It looks like, you know, one of those uh, rejected creatures from uh, Cronenberg's Version of the Fly. Like, you just put a bunch of Pokemon into the teleporter and this is what came out. I Um, think
0: that... Whereas in the fly, it was a human and a fly that got fused together. I think to create Dunsparce, you have a fly and a mound of butter. <laughs> <laughs> just like a
2: whole pat of butter. Just, like, just uh. like
0: Jeff Goldblum left like a pit of he, like He tried to warm up some butter to make it nice and soft so he could <laughs> spread it on his bagel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's, he's oh. about to like warm up the machine and then he's like wait i'm about to have pancakes where'd the butter go oh no i don't
0: know if dunsparce comes like oozing out
2: <laughs> oh my god i created a monster and
0: out came a bugger fly <laughs> oh, boy. um but michael you did some research and found a uh and found a bit of uh folklore that may be attached to this thing Please oh yeah. tell me about
1: uh it. okay yeah i'll do the folklore first and then i just want to point out the incredibly stupid thing about this monster uh, so, it's potentially based on a snake-like Japanese cryptid, uh, called Shuchinoko, uh, which is also okay. known as Bachi Hebi or Bee Snake. So, they literally made an unholy combination of a bee and a snake. Hmm. That looks like what that is, for sure. And, we've kind of moved away from talking about the availability of these Pokemon, for the most part, in Gen 2, because, yeah, like, it doesn't matter, like, oh you find these on Route 16. No one cares about that, but I need to talk about where you find this one. Because this is the most infuriating thing about Dunsparce. Okay. You only find it in one section of Dark Cave, where you have a 1% chance of encountering it. So when you get that random encounter, there's a 1% chance that you will find this Pokemon that is only available in this one area. And it's completely useless.
2: Right, which again, like, when you run into it, you're like, oh,
1: I finally got you,
2: and then you're like, oh, now now it's just useless. Yeah.
0: It seems to me like Gen 2 was kind of this weird sort of, like, they did know what their toolbox was in terms of, like, okay, we make certain Pokemon have lower encounter rates, we have certain Pokemon that we can use with this time mechanic, evolution mechanic, friendship mechanic, but it it seems like they were just kind of, like, figuring out how to put those together Mm. it's like so they used low encounter rate with a completely useless pokemon which is just like none but the most dedicated people who care about such a useless pokemon because i mean think back to gen one where you had like dratini that had such a low encounter rate but that was a worthwhile as hell pokemon to acquire
1: yeah right
0: like i call this event evolved yeah
1: i call this pokemon a joke but there's no punchline like Magic Carp right. at least, has the punchline of, it's totally useless, and then it turns into this majestic, evil creature.
2: Right. I mean, even, like, even a Pokemon like Shuckle, which I don't know if you guys have talked about yet on this oh, podcast, yeah. but... I haven't gotten there. Shuckle is amazing, because it's like, you know, you get it from a random trade, and the joke is you get it, and you're like, what the hell is this thing? But the the secret is that its defense is super stacked. So like mm-hmm. if you level that thing up, you can throw it into a fight and it'll just tank everything, but then like all of its other stats totally suck. But it just has like that iron defense. Uh but yeah, then you have Dunsparce who's like, the design is kind of like whatever, it doesn't even have that good of stats, but it's still like incredibly rare.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, Dunsparce is like that friend who was the first person to go to sleep when you were having a sleepover (laughs) in elementary school. Uh But as he was falling asleep he started telling a knock knock joke, and when you said who's there, he was already snoring. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god.
1: Yeah. Just it is useless. Yeah. You can't convince me that this is a Pokemon that would be part of your team. Like or Dunsparce? yeah i've got nothing else
0: i will honor it with no more of my attention and hatred it doesn't even deserve that it only deserves my apathy
1: yeah this is you know this is the one where i say cut it just if this went missing tomorrow no one would care
0: yeah, I I think you could honestly remove this Pokemon from the Pokedex, and it might be months before even the most avid Pokemon fans notice that they just suddenly got, like, an entire Pokemon deleted from their Pokedex. <laughs> there's
2: going uh, be that one guy out there with a Dunsparce pillow. He's going to be like, hey, wait a minute.
1: <laughs> We'd know if Jinx disappeared. Dunsparce, um, no one would notice.
0: Yep, all right, so I'm ready to move on to Gligger. Let's move on
2: to
1: Gligger. Let's go. Let's call it Glicker Gligar boy. because that sounds pretty, significantly less awkward. Plus, it is a gliding gargoyle. So That's Gligar, true. it is
2: Gligar. That is yeah.
1: Gligar. Uh, yeah, Gligar is kind of a weird scorpion bat kind of looking creature. That is here's a weird type combo: ground slash flying.
0: That's kind of fun, actually. I really fuck with it, like <laughs> all across the board. Oh yeah, super fuck with it. Yeah, like. Hold on. Like, let's just... First, let's talk about the typing. Like, I just really... After so much hatred this episode, I want to, like, just really just marinate in my love for this Pokemon.
1: Yeah, this is where the curve bends. We're getting into Pokemon that I'm enjoying now.
0: Yeah, first off, ground flying on its face is just such a weird type. But then also when you consider the fact that, like, all you're really saying is, like, this is a bat, and bats live in caves, and caves are in the ground. (laughs) Why didn't we think of that sooner? Yeah, well,
1: in the... (laughs) Uh, In one of the Pokédex entries, it says that it builds its nest in cliff sides. So I guess Mm -hmm. that's why this is ground.
0: Yeah, even more so. Yeah. (laughs) So I mean, I'd say so. I'd say that this is just like such a great, like simple yet brilliant interpretation of like just a very simple like, where does this thing live? Where is it coming from? There's its type. Mm -hmm. That makes more sense than literally every other Pokemon we've talked about today. (laughs) Right. Right.
2: hmm. It's really just
0: oh sorry sorry i was just gonna i just want to touch on the design i just love the design it's a little bit more cartoony than some of the other pokemon we see but honestly he's a happy ground flying (laughs) boy with scorpion pincers everywhere yeah i love him yeah he should have a cereal box
2: yeah yeah he, he either looks like he belongs on a cereal box or like
1: in the streets of like sesame street you know oh my god yeah this is very big muppet energy I Huge like Huge Muppet energy. The tongue is my favorite touch. Like, it's just so goofy.
0: Yeah. I think if Batman appears on Sesame Street, this is the Muppet they have on Adam <laughs> West's shoulder. Yeah, dude, for sure. <laughs> well,
1: about that, about that, it's shiny, has a bluish-gray body and blue wings, which makes me think of my favorite Batman costume, the gray-blue-yellow emblem, one that he wore in the 70s during the Denny O'Neill-Neil Adams run. Nice. Uh, and then uh, yes. it's Evolution Glizcore, even adds the yellow in places so that looks even more like the batman
0: yeah entirely because of the arkham city game i refer to the blue and gray combo that you're talking about i refer to that as the uh, world's greatest detective outfit (laughs) because that was from a run of batman where he was like functioning more as a detective um than like being stealthy ninja batman Mm. um, which is where you get to like the all black suit um and then, of course, there's a more technological take on Batman, which you get kind of with Jeff Loeb and Jim Morrison and stuff like that. I mean, but some of his best stories are that, Yeah. where it's a little bit of a more hybrid. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, darling, since I was mispronouncing the name, can you remind? Can you just confirm for us how do, how did they come up with this name, Glygar?
1: I believe because it's a glide in gargoyle
0: golly um so does it turn to stone in the morning oh no but
1: (laughs) hey i see what you did there uh no no i mean not that we can tell it's not i know you're referencing the classic disney cartoon series but no it doesn't have uh any day night thing going on but it is exclusive to the gold version originally Mm. so there's that
0: um, I just want to let people know that if you have a Disney Plus subscription, that Gargoyles season uh, series is available for viewing on there. I was literally um, just God. about to
2: say that, dude.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the... what, like what an underrated show, dude! What, oh, a, yeah.
1: what a
2: gift! What a gift! <laughs>
1: yeah, I love I mean... that. That's a show that wound up basing itself so much in like ancient mythology and Shakespeare, and mm-hmm. uh, like Macbeth was a recurring character on that. Yeah, As dude. an immortal, yeah. vengeful Scottish lord.
0: Um, I want to point out that, like, so this sh- that show premiered when I was eight years old. And I remember the- that was, like, a weird time where, like, I would watch that show every day that it was on TV. And I remember for, like, the first maybe three months I watched the show, I hated it. Or at least I said I hated <laughs> really? <laughs> it. Really? And I was just constantly watching this thing, like, this is so dumb. This is so dumb. And then I had that kind of, like, very weird moment where I was like, wait a minute. I could watch something else but I'm actually enjoying this. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, this is awesome and I just very immediately had like a 180 turn on it. Damn.
2: Dude, two of my earliest childhood memories is involve watching Gargoyles, the first being that in the very very first episode when they're like having the siege and like the whole thing happens, there's one of them that's eating a uh, like a like a meat off of a bone. <laughs> <laughs> and i remember it just looks so fucking good like it looks really delectable and i remember that memory even to this day of being like that's some nice looking meat that that guy's eating
0: um, I mean, animated food just it's a law darling has heard me rant about this before, <laughs> but animated yeah. food just always looks great yeah. Oh, yeah i mean
2: any there there was a super cut recently of all the food from miyazaki films and it's just like um, uh, it's insane um the other early memory I have of Gargoyles is that there was at some point there was a like choose your own adventure style uh it was either like a VHS or like a DVD and if you and it was related to Gargoyles and you could actually choose like what ending you got by like fast forwarding to a certain timestamp Oh yeah I think I had
1: mm-hmm. that it was a VHS board game
2: right Yeah 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 that's
0: right it was. Re- it um, was really cool. So this is so this is leading me to tie in gargoyles to one of my favorite shows to reference on this, which is community, because Keith David, yeah, who was uh-huh. the voice of Goliath, was on both shows. Oh and wow! And I've mentioned before on this show that I have a few actors on whom I have crushes because entirely because of their voices, and Keith David is one of them. Mm-hmm. Oh hell yeah! Um, he was the voice of Goliath. He was on the last season of Community that aired on Yahoo um it's all it's available now on netflix more if you successful than tv in. yep um and he uh also notably uh he was in requiem for a dream and also the nice guys yeah just talk about oh, a guy God, who's I just a really Yeah, just talk about a guy with a really subtly prolific career as a character actor. Keith David, just absolutely showing up for everything.
1: Damn. Oh, Uh, oh, uh, They Live, also, where he and Rowdy Rowdy Piper have that amazing fight scene that goes for like five uh, minutes.
2: Oh, shit, I forgot
0: about that. Dude, he very quietly has 318 acting credits on his Mm. IMDb. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: absurd. He's in The Thing, too. I forgot about that. Yeah, Keith David is one of those great actors who you'll look him up and remember him from something. He's like a Tim Curry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You'll definitely, I mean, it's one of those things where like, as soon as you recognize, as soon as you hear his voice, you'll recognize it. But then also, um, yeah, you just start to recognize him. And once you see him, like, I mean, I hate to say this, but anytime I see him, I just think, oh, I know it's pretty baby, but I didn't take it out for air. (laughs) Um, Sorry for any viewers that I may have, uh, that I may have scarred with that reference and impersonation, but yeah, but anyway, back to our gliding gargoyle boy. Mm-hmm. Yes, Seth, Michael. What are your guys' too. closing thoughts? I just have nothing but love for it. So
2: you know, to be perfectly honest, I don't want to. I don't want to rain on your parade, but he was always someone that I kind of overlooked. Um, I don't think I appreciated Gligar until I really started playing Pokemon Go and just saw his little goofy ass flying around the screen. Yeah, and I think that was really when I appreciated like his design and how like odd it was. Um, cause I remember like seeing him show up and I feel like I had played so many games like, um, like, uh, oh shoot, what was it? Like Dragon Warrior Monsters and like games like that. And I had seen creatures that looked similar to it and I kind of was unimpressed at first and then I saw its little goofy ass flying around and was like, oh, he's kind of cute. And then I hmm. became more, more warm to him, even though I'm still sort of neutral. I don't have as much love as I do, uh, as Baloo does for him, hmm. but I respect him.
0: All right. So I do want to circle back on the Batman question cuz I kind of I kind of I'm sorry I steamrolled it, darling, but you hear, you have here in the notes that you're asking for our favorite bat suit ever.
1: Oh um, damn. I put my money on the as you called it world's greatest detective.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go similar route actually. I'm going to go with the uh, so this is from the era of the kids WB Batman TAS the animated series. Um, but it's Kids from, <laughs> but it's uh, but it's from when he when the series got transferred over from uh, Fox to the Kids WB, and they kind of redid the suit to the iconic black and gray. Yeah. Mm. Um, where there was no yellow, not a whole lot of color. It was very subtle and understated. But the thing I love about that is the fact that it isn't this heavily armored suit that we would see in so many movies and so many things it was just literally like a cloth costume and it was just Batman's intelligence, tactical thinking and skills that were keeping him safe. Yeah. Like numerous times you would see him get into fights and it would just be literally cloth that was getting torn apart. Oh yeah. Um, And I loved that. I thought that really spoke to, yeah, he's skilled. Yeah. He's a martial artist, but what's really keeping him alive is just skill like and intelligence.
1: Yeah. He's going out there in pajamas every day. Mm-hmm. right i yeah i have similar feelings
2: about like the plain gray and black i think that <clears throat> in a lot of the comics too like you really feel the weight of his cowl and like the weight of his cape and it's just like cu- yeah it's just draping this dude that's just wearing a gray jumpsuit essentially but like and he, and he's putting himself in these ridiculously like dangerous situations and like still finding a way to get out of them um yeah i remember i remember reading batman Colt. i don't know if you guys know that one
1: um
2: it's the one with, um, with Blackfire, who's, like, this kind of, like, voodoo priest who, like, basically, like, brainwashes the entire homeless population of Gotham and, like, turns it against itself. Um, it's, it's pretty classic. Basically, Batman becomes brainwashed and, like, <laughs> lives in the sewers for an extended period of time. Um, but there, throughout it, like, like Blue was saying, it's, like, you really feel a sense that's literally just, like, a dude in, like, some cloth and he has, like, no protection and he's just, like, out there in the world. And then when you see Robin, who's wearing even less, but also just wearing cloth, <laughs> you're like, oh my mm-hmm. god, these guys are just, like, in the middle of this crazy situation, and they just have to figure it out. So, yeah. I
0: agree. I mean, that's why the Batman of Zur and R is oh, such yes. a iconic story, yeah. is because Batman is such a meticulous planner that he has a backup personality, <laughs> just in case his mind ever gets destroyed. So insane, <laughs> yeah. dude. And it's so Grant Morrison. And that Batman is able to cobble together from, like, thrift store from, clothing like, trash. And outfit. <laughs> and still, an incredibly
1: colorful, crazy quilt costume.
0: And still just go into an evil villain's lair and just wreck them. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, because, like, the other thing about that whole aspect of, like, the lack of armor and stuff like that is that you also have to account for the fact that there is an aspect of Batman that whether you agree with it or not, you have to account for the fact that he's a little bit insane. Oh, for sure. He has has something of a death wish. Like part of Batman does have a death wish. Like he does kind of want to die out there in a blaze of glory fighting crime.
2: One of my one of my favorite moments from The Dark Knight Returns, which is like obviously one of the greatest Batman stories ever written. Mm -hmm. Um one of my favorite moments of it is before Bruce Wayne it's like old Bruce Wayne, but it's like before he becomes Batman again. And he's, like, standing on the street just being like, what have I become? Like, I'm just this old man now. And these two goons come up and, like, start to try to mess with him. And, like, it's his dialogue in the boxes and he's just like, no, like, I don't even know what it means to fight anymore. And in the background, the the text of the goons is like, I don't know, man, maybe we should get out of here. He kind of looks like he wants it too bad. Like, maybe <laughs> we should leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, he, Dark Knight he's, Returns like, absolutely does, into it. Dark yeah. Knight Returns does open with, Bruce surviving a what was it it's some kind of race he's involved in a uh race oh, yeah. car he more race. or less
0: tries to kill himself in yeah. a formula oh, one yeah. race by formula pushing one. his car too hard yeah. um yeah i mean and that's 100 percent. like that was one of the better things that frank miller ever did was like play both sides against the batman where it's like yeah the psychiatrist who's going on talk shows is like you know this liberal bleeding heart like you know forgive everything type of a person but um batman is not exactly well balanced himself right like you should mm-hmm. not be placing complete faith in either person right. is what he's essentially trying to say um and that was the that was like one of the last salient points he made with the batman unfortunately yeah,
2: <laughs> even the even the sequels of the dark knight was oh, like God. super
0: wild oh yeah um, i could barely understand it yeah um, so, um, i i've tried right reading it multiple times and i just can't get through it i think yeah. the moral I that's is, part of the is why
1: point. we have to murder the terrorists
2: <laughs> <laughs> basically <laughs> dude no and like the the art is so garish or like the coloring in particular is so garish and mm-hmm. it's just like super weird yeah, it feels like a,
1: as a trip it's ugly and not even like an interesting ugly yeah.
0: i love i love that both times you've come on this podcast you've gotten us to take like solid 15 to 20 minute like diversions into dc comics because <laughs> last time i think you were on we talked about the death of superman extensively oh
2: really oh shit okay. yeah
0: as i recall um it's <laughs> funny but uh, but yeah, let's move on from this bad boy to uh a to bad another the, from this to bad, another great boy, bad boy, you could say. <laughs> the back, the back oh. end of this podcast, Pokemon are great. I love the back end. Just so. a quick
1: Batman note: is that Gligar mm-hmm. totally looks like Batmite?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think, that's the, I think yes. that's the other reason why my mind went to R. Yeah. Batmite, yeah. the uh.
1: fifth-dimensional imp who, like, is a major Batman fan, because mm. comics yeah. are wild.
0: Uh, uh, wild? Know,
1: Steelix. Steelix is an evolution of onyx that you get by giving, by trading onyx while it's holding a metal coat. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, I just, my notes just flew away. All right, uh, and it is steel slash ground. So, interestingly, it loses the rock type, gains steel type.
2: Cool.
0: Which uh, I can kind of, which I can kind of make sense of. So I guess now looking back on the Onyx thing, because I remember we were puzzling over the biology of an Onyx before, um, and I guess we kind of like settled on it being like this large rock worm. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, I guess it's kind of like, it's just like a bug because it's got like this rock exoskeleton or a steel exoskeleton, and the ground is like the inner gooey organs. Right.
1: So you're telling so me every Pokemon on this episode is a bug except for the two that are bug type.
0: Well, I'm saying that it's bug. I'm using bug as an analogy, darling. I'm not saying that it is a bug. It's analogy, not metaphor. Yeah. Um,
2: Can I just... I'm just going to be real frank with you guys. I fucking love Steelix. Steelix is the man. (laughs) Um, Just look at at that big grinning face. Like, he knows he's the shit. Everyone knows it. He's so cool.
0: Um, I mean, he absolutely has the grin and, like, mug of, like the mob boss's muscle that looks like he's about to break (laughs) your fingers to teach you a lesson yeah you
2: could you could almost see like one of those like dramatic scars over one of his eyes or something like he just looks like a mob goon
1: yeah well i think it's that trope of when you know the hero or villain uh beats up on a guy who is very big and he's not feeling anything like you sometimes see this with superman where you know someone will try to punch superman And their hand will immediately break, and Superman will just have just a slight smile, like, come on, what did you think was going to happen? Right. Mm. Uh, That's Steelix in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean,
2: I just loved, like, opening up Pokemon Stadium and busting out a Steelix and just looking at it towering over everything. Yeah, Um, yeah, I don't Hmm. know, I I honestly think that Steelix was a great... There's a, you know, we were just talking about Pokemon who were kind of like, oh, I don't really know, like, why this Pokemon exists, like, I don't really know what its purpose is, but, like, Steelix feels very much like a statement, like, it feels like one of the, really, like, when I think about Generation 2, I definitely, like, Steelix is one of the first ones that comes to mind, Mm -hmm. like, it's so iconic in its design, to me.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it Um, really, to me, it's the perfect expansion on a great Pokemon Onyx, like, they really decided, hey, we have a new mechanic for evolution. We have a new type we want to explore. Onyx is a logical one to become Steel-type, so let's just go through with it. And it works so well.
0: Yeah, Yeah, this is just a great example of just, like, simple logic and just, like, a really solid design just leading to something that feels really cool, really special, and, like, really... It becomes iconic of Generation 2. Like, I think Steelix is probably one of the few pokemon like other than the legendaries that i know is a generation two pokemon yeah absolutely uh because Um, it is it is the flagship steel pokemon in my opinion oh yeah absolutely also also
2: also, side note that it's shiny is fucking gold like that's so cool like come on
0: yeah michael you said it in the notes and i gotta quote you on this it's obvious but it's great i completely agree yeah like, <laughs> yeah like it's such a gimme but like yeah <laughs> yeah
1: and it's a great shade of gold like it's just that perfect like bright yellow gold
0: yeah i mean i'm gonna be i'm gonna be uh maybe an apple designer for a second here and say you know what i'd like <laughs> a rose gold steel pokemon <laughs> i'm sure
1: Isn't there's there... one We'll isn't, yeah, to it, say, sure. isn't
2: there a, a steel Pokemon that is rose gold when it's shiny?
1: I feel like it must be. We'll definitely find one at some point. Uh, I'm going to complain about the steel type for a moment. Like Onix is, I mean Steelix is great, uh, metal as hell. But <laughs> my one problem with steel is that it shouldn't be called steel type. It should just be metal type because it's got moves with names like Iron Tail, Pokemon right. with names like Copper Jaw and Bronzor. And Steelix is described as having a diamond-like firmness. It should be a metal type.
2: Yeah, I I agree. You know, I yeah. uh, I think that metal type covers a lot more different types of metals than just steel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I mean, that being said, when you bust out a Pokemon, you're like, this is a steel type. Like, it's, it sounds really strong, so maybe that's why they... Uh, they called it steel and not metal. Maybe metal's yeah. a little bit more ambiguous.
1: Yeah, that makes mm. sense. Uh, one yeah. other thing to add is that uh, Steelix has a mega evolution. We haven't done one of these in a while. And Oh, dude. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. It's basically what is Steelix but more?
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's pretty I already, wild.
1: I said in the notes that Steelix is an onyx that got into Motorhead uh mega evolution steelix is basically like this steelix goes to 11
0: yeah. yeah i mean i have no other way to describe it except for yep this is yeah. a uh this is just taking all the best features of steelix and just somehow making it more badass yeah mm.
2: I, w- I will um, say that i think that I, i'm like on the fence about me- about mega evolution steelix is like his like uh his whiskers coming out of his chin like i feel like that's (laughs) almost too much like i like the fact that his lower jaw is like even bigger but i am almost i almost feel like the whiskers are a little too much but like the floating shit around him and like the big ass uh the big ass crystals going through him like it's so cool the crystal spikes are so good yeah Mm -hmm. yeah
1: Uh, um
2: anyway yeah i just i love love it. it i love it
0: yeah, I'm a fan of this mega angry boy. I'm a fan I'm a fan of him in general. Um, are we ready to move on to our uh, to our to our fairy our fairy mushrooms?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Snubble. Snubble is a fairy type, but before the introduction of fairy in Gen 6, it was simply a normal type Pokemon.
0: Oh hey, we're back to another Pokemon that appeared in the Detective Pikachu movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to great effect, because Snubble was just like very much a very uh, I think he had two scenes in the entire movie and what an MVP with those two scenes. Yep. Just really showed up for them. Yeah. yeah isn't
1: there it's... a cut, uh, pretty early on where we see that our hero is at the police station and we see the, uh, the desk, uh, nameplate for the detective. And then we cut to the snubble that's just sitting there.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I think so. just staring at, just staring down, uh, justice Smith's character. Yeah. yeah um
2: i I actually made a note while we're on the subject of detective pikachu i made a note uh in the notes but uh it seems like in the lore a lot of the police force in johto use snubbles instead of Growlits, or like with Growlits as yeah. like their canine units which i think is really cool
1: yeah yeah
2: um I feel like bulldogs are very, like, classically kind of represent police. And so I think mm-hmm. that's kind of perfect that Snubble is, like, used in that way. And I also think it's interesting that you don't see a lot of Grand Bulls used in that way, but we'll get to why when we talk about Bull, But
0: yeah. I mean, Snubbles being very bulldog, like, I mean, English bulldog, I just picture that being accompanying, right. like, an English constable. Yeah, exactly. Um, hmm. But then I think the other side of it is, is like, okay, you show up with a Growlithe, the criminals get scared and they fight back they start shooting their guns you show up with a snubble little little fairy dress doggy boy (laughs) they start laughing and you get the upper hand on them
2: right yeah can we talk it can we talk about the uh well the snubble in the room which is the it's
1: (laughs) it's very delightful evening wear (laughs) i didn't think of it as evening wear it seems more like a house dress
0: oh really it's a moo moo
1: yeah oh it is a moo moo
0: it's 100 homer simpson's moomoo just with the colors reversed
1: (laughs) (laughs) it is a moomoo that's funny i i would love to find out why they put it in that dress like that's it's madness but i'm like dunsparce i love this i love how insane it is yeah Uh, also
2: note that it doesn't have any like actual hands it just has little nubs
1: yeah yeah
2: maybe that's part of the moomoo maybe it's like it's little paws are under the moomoo but it's like a (laughs) <laughs> it's like one of those one, one like, <laughs> it doesn't want to get cold, you know? It wants to keep its little little paws nice and warm.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Darling, you point out that it is actually very docile and is popular with women, apparently, according to the lore. So I guess that basically makes it, like, the Chihuahua of the Pokemon universe. <laughs> yeah,
1: Chihuahuas oh, so. are also canine units somehow. Yeah, like, I like that this is a Pokemon that... Uh, it's a four-quadrant Pokemon. It appeals to the young, the old, the male, female, rich, poor, etc., etc.
0: Jack Donaghy loves this Pokemon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this Pokemon screams synergy.
0: <laughs> yeah, just 100% vertical integration.
2: Now here's, a, now, here's a question I have for you guys, because I always wonder this myself. Does it have four ears, or is that just a segmented two-ear setup
0: it's got? Yeah, I thought it was, like, a fold. I've always looked at it as a fold in the ears. Like, the ears are just that puffy that they're kind of folding over.
1: Okay. Yeah, I've... It's always looked like dreadlocks to me. I have no idea if it would be four ears or two ears. Uh, If I could find some animation, maybe I could get an answer on, like, it running or something and seeing. But, yeah, like, no clue. And it's not a mystery that I'm in need of finding out yeah
0: i mean i will be i will be completely honest with you i just did a quick google image search and there are snubble plushies and stuffed snubbles oh okay and they definitely when when converting snubble into 3d products it Mm -hmm. definitely looks more like four ears like they definitely segment the ears separately so it's four floppy dog ears
1: a thing i love about snubble is that this is the second time that we've gotten a dog-type line so far through 209 Monsters. But neither this nor Growlithe looks straight up like, oh, that's a dog. I recognize that as a dog. This is like, okay, it's a dog, but also it's a tiger. <laughs> or it's a dog, but also it's got a dress on. Like, right. Yeah. I like that it's also, recognizable, it's very but much also a creepy. Li- it's a
0: creepy little kid coming asking for milk at night, but put a dog face on <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mother Although, I cannot
0: sleep. May I have some milk. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I I like the I like the uh subversion though that it is like popular with like, you know, everybody because it looks kinda of menacing, like it constantly looks like it's angry at something and yet it's like super chill and like, you know, ladies hang out with it. I
1: mm. kinda like that. Uh this has what to me might be the best worst shiny. Oh, is that the blue one? Oh yeah, it's uh kind of <laughs> lavender blue body oh god yeah i see it in the tips of the ears oh wow and then its feet are just kind of brownish orange Ugh. yeah like it's wearing boots it clashes so much it's so tacky and i love it so much it's really funny
0: i'm just thinking of that kid from uh, school of rock that movie just saying you're tacky and i hate you <laughs> <laughs> yes. i feel the
1: exact opposite about the shiny snubble
0: I mean, yeah. there's, so in looking up Shiny Snubbull, I'm jumping ahead to Granbull here, um, which we can move to if you guys are ready, but I'm, uh, Shiny I'm ready. Granbull. I
1: uh, just need to share a bit of origin stuff. So okay. this one was originally labeled as the Fairy Pokemon, back mm-hmm. before Fairy-type existed. So that's kind of put them in a bind where they had to make it a Fairy-type when they uh, introduced Fairy-type. Uh, But it's based on the Sith, a fairy dog of Celtic mythology. So that's where that comes from. Interesting. Yeah.
0: So yeah, Granbull,
1: which, same typing. Formerly normal, now just a fairy.
0: All right, so I want to point out that let's start with the shiny of Granbull, because that's the first thing that led me to this segue, which is that shiny Granbull is literally just an English bulldog with tusks. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah Wait, I'm, uh, I'm pulling it up right now yeah the shiny in gen one was very much grayscale like it looked like a game boy image uh oh but yeah but i mean
0: they turn it to like kind of a blonde <laughs> sta- like relatively like extremely normal uh tan slash blonde dog color um i mean if you want to picture what a labrador retriever is colored like that's what grand bull shiny is colored like
1: uh you ever see photos of hairless bears no. Um, no. I mean, this is pretty much what Grand looks like a bit albeit Grand is more cartoonish. So yeah, just everybody Google hairless bears. I'm oh, really sorry no. I did. Everybody don't. Oh, <laughs> oh no. god, that's worse than I remember. Yeah. It's, it's, but
2: it's but hairless bears are
1: black. <laughs> yeah, well there's I some Well like the hairless, hairless, hairless brown bear maybe, but that's what I'm hairless, hairless for. bear
0: but, cubs are adorable. Um, as all young creatures are, but hairless grown bears just look like something that are coming out of like the hell mouth in a conjuring movie <laughs> yeah yes yeah, sure. um
1: hairless bears look like someone in a bad costume
0: yeah so grand bull i mean i don't have a whole lot of thoughts on this guy i think he's i think it's a great change of direction and feeling from snubble like you go from like getting this like sort of dainty looking fairy to like having this sort of like oh now we have a fairy that looks like he could uh punch your face in and ask you for a l- for your lunch money
1: right
0: <laughs> um it's a change i dig it i don't think it's fantastic um but i also i do like the tusks touch i think that's a really cool interesting take on kind of like exacerbating the underbite that you see in snubble yeah like oh the underbite becomes these like extreme murder tusks
2: it's... yeah yeah
1: i like but, that uh, as
0: well it's but, fine. yeah, it's just it's just very much kind of there, and I would understand if people hit that B button when Snubble starts evolving.
2: <laughs> I kind of wonder what happened to the, to the delightful uh, sundress, though. I mean, do you think it just out, like it grew too big for it, and now it just can't wear it anymore?
0: I think he's hit his awkward teen years where he's refusing to let his mom dress him anymore, uh, and instead he's go. wearing those badass wrist bracelets.
2: That's fair.
0: Like, go, this is what me and my friends are wearing, Mom. This is what his, our band wears. He's
2: going through his biker face.
0: It looks like it's wearing like a collar, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's wearing a choker.
2: Yeah, it's a biker face for sure.
1: Yep. I was going to say S&M, but yeah, biker probably also looks
2: <laughs> I mean, they're interchangeable sometimes,
1: right? <laughs> hey, I mean, Rob Halford brought uh, the S&M biker look to metal. So, yeah.
2: Exactly. That's what I was thinking of.
1: Mm-hmm yeah, yeah right. it's fine I got nothing more other than yeah. like this is what it's a giant upright bulldog it's an obvious choice it's okay it's not nearly as what the hell is that as Snubble is
0: right alright well I think uh, so I think that takes us through the Pokemon for the day so we've talked about how the Pokemon are in their world let's bring them into our world this is Monster
2: a celebration of the harmony between humans and Pokemon this is Monster
0: Alright, so uh, Michael Darling, if you could start us off. Well, it's been a while since we've talked about Pokemon
1: War Crimes, but, you know, Pineco, <laughs> without a doubt in my mind, has been used as a bunker buster because mm-hmm. you just drop that thing, it explodes, and hey, you can get into wherever you need to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think that, uh, I mean, I remember going to boarding school up in new hampshire uh you know snowball fights were usually in season for about six months out of the school year because of how much snow sticks in new hampshire on the ground Dead. um but when you couldn't get a snowball put together a pine cone was a ready alternative if Ooh. you really wanted to be aggressive oh um so imagine a pine cone that explodes on impact with your head uh that is terrifying to me True. um that's wrong but but I mean, I just see Glygar having like a lot of use as like a sort of um, I'm, I'm just thinking of Falconers um, because Glygar yeah. just seem like they'd be really useful of like scouting, retrieval and things like that. Um, I don't know why more so than any other Pokemon. I think it's because of like the multi like prehensile ability and things like that that it kind of implies. Mm. Um, but it also just looks friendlier and more willing to like kind of be like your sidekick than anything else here. <laughs>
2: true yeah um well i think that as far as uh as far as mon's world i kind of already talked about it but i definitely think that snubble would be used on K nine units um i again sort of surprising that Granville seems more timid than snubble so maybe it wouldn't be the best for the job but i think snubble could probably do fine um i do actually think though that steelix you could probably use for like construction sites oh yeah um like you could probably
1: iron, so you can just it could bore through the ground and, yeah. Right.
2: Could like yeah, if you need a tunnel dug at, or maybe I mean, you could ask it to like move like, you know, steel bars for you, but it might just eat them, so maybe that wouldn't be the best idea.
0: Okay, so no. I think I do have an idea for Snubble and Granble. I think in Mon's world, if our history had Snubble and Granble in our universe uh fraser's dog would have been a snubble <laughs> oh yeah and oh. Uh, and mr peanut butter would have been a gramble from <laughs> the <Aww.
2: Cat> <laughs> oh dude i think that i think that fraser would have been a snubble honestly oh he's got the he's got the he's got the kelsey grammar face oh like, my god perfect. you're right
1: oh uh, what would niles be what pokemon would niles be
2: i feel like niles would be like a furret oh
1: that Ooh, works yeah, I, see that's that. A good one. I see that i see that yeah um how have we gone like this deep into pokemon and not discussed fraser on the show yet this is
2: weird a great question i don't know i mean that's on you guys i'm yeah. just here
0: uh i'm sorry don't you mean fraser excuse me i was on the show <laughs> <laughs> oh my god the best uh. friends gang <laughs> <laughs> see oh here's boy.
1: the thing that's not even the best fraser joke on Three rock because black fraser happened on Three rock and that is a brilliant 20 second cutaway that they recreated the whole fraser set for
0: oh Oh, my god yeah i've forgotten about that one yeah 30 rock just brilliant once they stopped giving a fuck after like this first season pretty much
1: Mm.
2: yeah definitely ahead of its time
0: yep all right, um, let's get ahead of our own time and talk about how we might improve these Pokemon, just like 30 Rock found a way to improve Frazier. Uh, welcome to Mon Mon. <laughs> Remix, it had to go down. I got something else to tell you. All right. Um, you know, I, uh, darling, I'm going to punt to you for a second because I don't have an immediate idea because I'm, so, I'm torn between how many of these Pokemon I hate.
1: <laughs> I believe during the run-up to a recent Star Wars film, uh, Oscar Isaac was asked who was cuter, BB eight or Baby Yoda. And his response was BB eight, no question. Uh, and as for Baby Yoda, kill it. Kill it, is what he said. Uh, Damn. so that's how I feel about Dunspray dun and Kill it. With extreme prejudice. <laughs> Eliminate it. That's my modification. No more Dunspars. Damn. Also make Pineco and Fortress part grass, because yeah. Like hmm. they're not bugs.
2: Right. Um, I I think that if I were to make a change, um, I would honestly push to have either Snubble or Gramble as part dark type, uh, mm-hmm. because I I do feel like they're sort of like a, I mean, despite what their designs and what everyone says about them might lead you to believe, just looking at them, I feel like Granbull at least does have kind of like a dark edge to it with like the mm-hmm. giant fangs and like the black collar. Um, I, I always, for whatever reason, when I was playing the games, I always thought it would be like some sort of a dark type, but then that's where, you know, Houndor and Houndoom
0: come in. No, I mean, do we have dark fairy types? Uh, I don't think, I
1: don't know. Uh, let me check. I think Impidimp, uh, which is in gen eight. Yeah. Impidimp is dark slash fairy.
0: Okay. Nice. I don't know if we've had
1: one off the top of my head. I don't know if we've had one before that, but yeah, we definitely do now.
0: Okay, so my Mon mod this week, I'm, gonna, I'm going to challenge Michael Darling. I'm going to try to what? save poor Dunsparce.
1: Um, <laughs> How dare you?
0: <laughs> I am going, for once, I'm going to direct my hatred positively, and here's my idea. You take Dunsparce. You make him a first stage evolution for another Pokemon that I hated, and so we're mm. going to redeem him by Ooh. giving him a worthwhile evolution of Yanma make yanma a second stage evolution so and you can see it in the design it's so Uh, weird to me that now that i'm looking at it it does look like a larval dragonfly here's the thing as
1: someone who likes yanma i hate this idea (laughs)
2: how 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 dare you do this to my perfect yanma lineage says michael darling
1: yanma is a dumb boy but he's a sweet boy
0: um and this just makes him all the more worthwhile because now you have to evolve to earn him and i think that just makes him slightly cooler as a result so there's my there's my mon mod for the day take it or leave it i respect let's uh But let's move on to a segment that Michael Darling and I always agree on, even (laughs) if we don't have the same idea. Michael, please.
1: Mon appétit. like my personal recommendation.
0: Surprise. Okay, so this is the segment where we will pick a Pokemon of the day and decide how we would want them prepared for consumption. Michael Darling once again you have you have a bit of a consistency here in your picks today
1: are you suggesting that i want to eat dunsparce because no um. <laughs> are,
2: are we suggesting sorry, that you mis- don't want sorry, to eat misre- dunsparce sorry
0: i misread the uh, the color the color design here i forgot that the red is for uh, for seth um
2: i mean honestly are are you implying that you wouldn't want to eat dunsparce i mean come on now um,
0: yeah we did talk about the fact that pine cones are inedible so that right. knocks out the first two. But this yeah. is a bug.
1: So who knows anymore?
0: But it see, isn't you? a bug. It's a normal type. It's just an animal. Oh no, I meant a...
1: sorry. I meant pineco is a bug. So
0: oh yeah, well that's my point. So yeah. I'm just try- I'm just running down the other possibilities. You can't eat steel. And are you gonna eat dogs?
2: And are you gonna eat like a rock bat? No way. You gotta eat, you gotta <laughs> eat
0: dunspars. Um,
2: yeah. And my so my take on Dunsparce is that whenever its animation shows it, it's always kind of like spongy and floppy. Um, which makes me think that, you know, it might make a nice, a nice addition to a stew. Um, Mm. but the other thing is that, uh, that tail it has, which no one really seems to talk about. I feel like it could work as some sort of like a, like an aphrodisiac or like, uh, you know, like the equivalent of like an elephant tusk where like, you know, you could sell it on the black market and it could like cure any disease. Mm. Um, or maybe, you know, you could just, uh, find a way to, I don't know. Do something do something nice to it, like a frog leg. Maybe fry it. Make it all crispy. Um, I don't know. Those, that's some my thoughts. Those are my thoughts, fellas.
0: All right. I'm going to follow Seth on this one because I have a whole Dunsparce idea. Of course um, you do. Where I think, you know, I would like a vanilla cupcake um, where you take that sort of spongy, Dunsparce texture and you kind of like mash them into a paste where it becomes like a creme fraiche, but it's a creme d'un i guess Ugh. um okay. to make like frosting for the cupcake and then you take his little wings and i think you just dry them out and crumple them up and you get like kind of like what you do with like coconut shavings but you get that on top of the <laughs> creme you fraiche frosting wow that's you a get, very like, a
2: detailed l- uh detailed s- set of things with this dish
0: there we go nice little cut nice little dunspar's cupcake michael
1: <laughs> i'm roasting the pine cone because fuck Dunsparce.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't even want to eat them. Just going with roasted pine cone. Just uh, I'm just thinking of that scene in the Shelbyville episode of The Simpsons where like the old man is just like eating the le- like the oh. turnips and saying and that's when we got rid of the cursed lemon tree. And now we nice.
1: sit back and enjoy a nice glass of turnip juice.
0: Yeah. We got rid of that cursed Dunsparce so Now we get to enjoy pine cone. <laughs>
2: Hey, uh I don't know if, if we've looked up specifics of Dunsparce, of our of our good friend Dunsparce, but um <sighs> it, it's it's four feet eleven inches, guys. That is Jesus a massive is a massive creature. Um yeah. it weighs uh it weighs thirty pounds, so it's very it seems very light and spongy. That's why I'm thinking maybe it'd be a nice uh it'd almost be like a tofu consistency where you put it in a in a stew.
1: I really hate this thing. Everything about it is disgusting. Four foot eleven?
2: Four yeah. eleven. I mean it's supposed
0: to be a snake. I mean a five foot long snake isn't weird, but this is also a snake with wings and like a really weird bulbous body. I just don't like it. Huh. That's why I want that's why I want my that's why I want it ground up in the most <laughs> terrible way possible to make to become a absolutely adorable cupcake.
2: Its existence huh. completely turned into a cupcake.
0: I don't want yeah. to grant it, it that respect though. <laughs> it doesn't even get to be the core of the cupcake notice that it is not going into the cupcake itself it is just the accoutrement for the cupcake that was <laughs> oh, the ultimate culinary insult i gave it
2: i thought uh, we were talking like a cupcake made out of Dunspars.
0: oh no i specifically said vanilla cupcake oh okay um, but okay, okay. it just gets turned into the creme fraiche and the shavings on top of the frosting right? i see okay wow. um so that brings us home michael thank you for being here again with me seth Thank you for coming on again for Gen 2. My pleasure. Uh, we did some plugs for you up front, but now that we're at the back end of the show, if you wouldn't mind just running down, where can people find you? What have you got coming up?
2: Sure. Um, so for Kid Carrying, that's the band I have. Um, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Bandcamp. Uh, our, we, ha- we have merch now. We actually have shirts, which is amazing. Uh, those are being sold on Bandcamp. Uh, we have a single that came out a couple months ago called Baja Rock. That's up on, on Spotify and Bandcamp. But we will also have a new single coming out uh, probably sometime next month, depending on when we're all able to get in to record the rest of it. Um, and that'll be on Spotify and Bandcamp as well. Um, and then you can catch 40s on 40s pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. So you can listen to it on the Apple Podcasts uh, app. You can listen to it on SoundCloud. And, uh, yeah, it's everywhere. So check that out, too.
0: All right. Michael, what have you got going on?
1: Uh, nothing much, because as a writer who specializes in events and food... Now is not a great time for me. Uh, but I do want to plug something that I have no relation to, but is amazing. A Twitter account called Can You Violate the Geneva Convention? Uh, which is <laughs> at Violate Geneva. Uh, what it is, is it takes various things from various video games and shows how you can violate the Geneva Convention in the game. For instance, you can violate Article 56 of the Fourth Geneva Convention, Access to Health and Hygiene Services by removing the toilets in the sims 4
0: oh my god i mean the metal gear solid games are just one lengthy violation of those conventions aren't they
1: probably i think my favorite though is a screenshot of bill clinton in nba jam and it is implied you have already violated the geneva convention in nba jam (laughs) oh man that's
0: amazing all right i will include a link to that in the show notes folks uh, for my part, I don't have anything uh, really going on except for the uh, Save the Cheerleader, Save the Podcast, Heroes We Rochables podcast that I've been doing with a good friend and fellow DM, Cody Miller. Um, other than that, uh, I'm just glad you guys are here. Uh, stay safe and stay home. I know things are finally looking like they're coming around the bend, but uh, it's best if we kind of continue social distancing for a little bit longer. That's the Mon Men stance. Um, once again, I've been of Blue.
1: I was Michael Darling.
2: And I was, and may possibly even still be, Seth Hansen.
1: Thank you for being here. It was the age of gargoyles. Stone by day, warriors by night. We were betrayed by the humans we have sworn to protect, frozen in stone by a magic spell for a thousand years. Now here in Manhattan, the spell is broken, and we live again. We are defenders of the night. We are gargoyles.